Hey guys, welcome and thanks so much for tuning in to this edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. You know, a new study in the Journal of Cancer found that 42% of 612 breast cancer patients that were studied said that they use cannabis to relieve symptoms associated with their disease or the side effects of their treatment, including pain, fatigue, nausea, vomiting, insomnia, stress, and anxiety. Three quarters of the people who use cannabis said it was helpful in alleviating, alleviating their symptoms. Research has shown that cannabis can be effective for many of these symptoms, notably pain and nausea. 49% of the patients studied said that they use cannabis also, and they believe that the cannabis could have been useful and helpful in the treatment of the cancer itself. Something that I've got to say unequivocally has not been supported yet with research, but there's a lot of research working on that. Well, now today, today my guest today is a stage three breast cancer survivor She's joined by her son, who transitioned from the real estate business to the cannabis industry after witnessing the impact of cannabis and what it had and did for his mother. Mary and Andrew Bowden, thank you so much for being here with us today here on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks thank for having you. us. I hope I pronounced your last name right. Is it Bowden or Bowden? Bowden. Bowden. Okay, great. Super, super. Well, look, Mary, well, let's start with you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about you know, your diagnosis for bre with breast cancer and, and the shock that that must have put you through when you, you were first diagnosed? It was a shock. Um, I was diagnosed in October 2016. Um, 15 months earlier, I was perfectly clear. Had a mammogram, nothing, absolutely nothing. So it was triple negative breast cancer. So it's one of the fastest, angriest growing cancers there is. And... It, it blew me away. Um, I mean, but again, you just said 15 months earlier, you were cancer-free. Cancer-free. And then all of a sudden, you are stage three. Right. Um, which, if you know stage three, it's um, they find it in two different places, and it's already gone to your lymph nodes. Wow. So it's, I was shocked. I was doing everything, uh, felt great. Um, it, it's, it's unreal. I had to be. I mean, you reached out to your son, obviously, and told Andrew you heard your mother's diagnosis right then, right? Um, yeah, it was a few days later. Um, I heard about the diagnosis, and and honestly, I'm one of those out of the problem and into the solution kind of guys. And so I just said, okay, uh, what do we need to do? Um, and you know, that's really what led us led me to cannabis. Um, I knew one of one of my good friends was one of the founders of Item Nine Labs, and and he's the one that actually. Uh, brought the RSO tincture for for Mary, um, and uh, she can kind of tell you about about what it did for her. But... In the very beginning, and did you start this immediately? Did you? Uh, of course, you get the diagnosis. You got to go back and forth to your doctor, Mary, trying to figure out what's going to be your course of action. So, when you first started talking to the doctor, what was the first course of action that they they suggested for you? Um, well, I had um, some of the with a triple negative. It's uh, you have oh, two receptors, ER, estrogen, and progesterone, and then you have the growth factor. Those were all negative. So the only course that would, um, treatments that I could have were very harsh, the drugs, uh, very harsh, very severe. So I had four weeks 
or excuse me, four treatments over eight weeks. So I could, the uh, first one I had was um, adriamycin. You can only have that four times in a life. It's so strong. It puts so much stress on your heart. And that is a chemo, right? That's that a chemo. is a chemo. Yes. yes. Um, so I would have it. And two days later, I would couldn't get out of bed. It was just exhausting. Um, I My heart rate, I'd walk upstairs and it was crazy. So that was very, very hard to just get by. And my... My son saw me. Um, I would travel back home during that time, and he would see me and knew he had to help. And Andrew, you immediately thought, why did you immediately think cannabis? You were in the real estate business, so what, why did cannabis bounce up and come to mind? Light bulb go off. You know, it, it's, uh, I, I knew quite a few people in the industry. Uh, you know, wasn't really a user myself or anything at the time, but honestly knew the, the effects of it and knew the healing effects. And, you know, watching her go through that, uh, I knew that we had to do something. A uh, good friend and, and founder of Item 9 Labs gave her some RSO. And, and that RSO was able to, you know, she, she called me and she's like, I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm eating. I'm, I'm doing the things that I need to do. Did you take the RSO after the very first treatment or did you wait till after the fourth treatment to take some? Um, I started, it was between the second and third. Very good. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the other symptoms. You were tired. You're, you know, you're fatigued. You, you uh, clearly were in pain, right? Yes. Um, it, it puts a toll on your body, and um, nothing tasted good, and food just didn't appeal. And when you started using the RSO, uh, which is Rickson oil, did you g- give you your appetite back? It did. It did. And we all know when your body's being broke down with all these chemicals and drugs, it, sleep is a huge thing. Um, it helps your body build back up. And so sleeping, you know, when you only get two or three hours of sleep at a time and sleep really does help. And of course, I mean, did you say anything to your doctors about the fact that you were starting that regimen at that time or no? Um, I did to my oncologist. Um, the Oh, genomist mm-hmm. didn't want me to do it. He was uh, had a plan and he didn't want anything to interfere with that. So he really suggested not. They offered me different drugs with chemi- you know, chemical solutions. But I'm like, well, why am I, why would I want to put more poisons into my body if I'm already gotten this? Cannabis is natural. Cannabis is pure. It's, it helped. <laughs> right. And, what, and so, I mean, what do you say when you say it's pure? I think it's going to, but at this point in time, you didn't know it was going to help, but you said, right. I think it's going to help. And of course, what, and what, what did he say after you said, I'm going to do this anyway? Um, we kind of kept that from him. <laughs> Got it. Got it. So my oncologist yeah. knew it was a Christian hospital. And so she couldn't recommend it. She goes, but I've heard from others. And I've seen studies that it does help. I can't tell you, you can, I can't suggest it, but I'm not going to say no. Got it. So you went ahead and went down that path. And so did you, how long was it before you started feeling some, you know, beneficial effects? No, sleeping right away. Immediately. Immediately. It was 
right away. You went through this four sessions with that extremely tough chemo, and then you had to go through more sessions with something else, right? Uh, Yes. Uh, I had, I can't even remember, uh, 12 weeks of Taxol in carboplatin and then also cytoxin. Wow. And I mean, what, what was this? What, what was going through your brain at the time? Were they telling you that the, the, the tumors were getting smaller? What were they saying to you? Um, didn't do any scans. Um, just during the chemo. It was not until the very end. And uh, they said that there was very small. I can't even remember the size of it um, left. But then I did have double mastectomy surgery. After that. Gotcha. And then you continued on your cannabis regimen? I did. And then was the doctor surprised with the way you recovered or what what did they say? Um, They were very pleased with everything. Um, uh, On April 21st of 2017, I got a call from my oncologist says, cancer free. There's no cancer left in my body. So it was... Day to celebrate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but I, and now did, did the doctors, any of the doctors give any credit to the cannabis use as being part of the reason why they thought you recovered or they just said, no, it was a chemotherapy no. and things? No, um, they really didn't. And Andrew, I mean, when you saw your mother do as well as she did, this convinced you to become a part of this industry, did it not? It did. It did. Um you know, in a, in a big way. Uh, so we have a, a family investment fund that uh, I can go back further than that, but the investment fund put over $10 million into the company, uh, close to probably 11 million at this point. Uh, so yeah, we absolutely believe in, in the medicine, 100%. Now, before this, again, you were in real estate. This made you not only reach out to friends that had a company, but you then became a part of the company, became a CEO, right? I did. Yeah. So going all the way back, you know, I went to college for aviation education. And it's really funny when people ask me about that because uh, they're like, well, what did that teach you in business? And I said, well, it taught me almost everything because it's SOP, SOP, SOP. As soon as you walk out to the aircraft, you're doing a standard operating procedure. Right. Um, So that drove kind of my love of SOPs in, in business. And so drove that into real estate, flipping homes and then moved into some commercial assets uh, after commercial assets did some net zero energy apartment complexes. Uh, we actually b- built the first net zero energy apartment complex in the United States, which is located in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, from there, we actually designed several net zero energy apartment and condo complexes along with some uh, you know, off-grid applications as well. Um, so from that point, that's why you know I was really interested in the cannabis industry because it's it's a new evolving thing. And, and whenever I walk into a business, I'm always looking at, you know, how do we change this? How do we do something different? And so uh, after, you know, my mom was diagnosed, it just, it showed me the way was, you know, cannabis is, is the way to help cancer patients. And so um, I sat on the board for two years of Item 9 Labs um, and then stepped in as CEO about two years ago um, because they, they really liked my vision. And you know, my vision is a couple things. Um, you know, number one, getting medicine to the people that need it the most. Um, that's extremely important to me. And, and I'll kind of go back uh, here in a minute. But 
uh, one of the things that we're doing, and, and actually it's, it's great that Mary and I are on this uh, call as well, is we're actually going to be starting a fund. And she's going to be heading up that fund through Item 9 Labs um, with the money that we raise and um, the different uh, revenues that we're going to be taking in, a percentage of that revenues every year. We're really going to put towards a fund that's going to help local people that don't have the money uh, to get through some of these, uh, you know, if they do need the medicine such as chemotherapies and whatnot in the clinical trials, we're going to try to help those people and, and get some applications and, and, and really help those people. Number two, um, my big passion is, is getting people into business, teaching people business and keeping them in business, which is what we're doing through our Unity Road franchise model. So we are a, one of the only uh, U.S.-based franchisors in the cannabis industry. And really what we're trying to do is, is we're getting local people in business who are, you know, people that were affected by the war on drugs, um, people that don't necessarily know what they do. When we walked in, when I walked into the Arizona cannabis, there are people that have, that are sitting on $20 million licenses right now that had no idea what to do with the business. They just liked cannabis. They applied for $5,000 and they've got a $20 million license sitting in their lap. Um, so we want to walk into every state that's legal with cannabis and, and we want to help people so that they can work in their business with their patients instead of on their business. Franchising a model out of Arizona, but each state has to be separately configured. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, with Unity Road, we actually made the acquisition, uh, I believe it finished March of this year. Uh, we made that acquisition and one of the key drivers are the team that we have through through these uh, uh, through the Unity Road model. And, and the team is versed in several different countries, franchising in several different countries, which essentially that's what the U.S. is right now in the cannabis industry. It's several different countries. It's 50 different countries. Right. Uh, because each regulation is different uh, across the board. And so. Having the know-how to move, uh, you know, quickly and efficiently um, in those different states, and, and being able to move and pivot on those regulations is is massive, and that's one of the reasons we we targeted Unity Road and, and One Cannabis Group for the acquisition. Which uh, you know now it's Item Nine Labs and, and Unity Road. So Item Nine Labs is the founding company. Yes, Unity Roads. Is that how you say it? Unity Road? Yeah. Unity Road. Yep. Unity Road. It, yeah, you of your dispensary model that you're going to uh, move across the country? Absolutely. So Unity Road is the vehicle that's going to take Item 9 Labs across the United States. So as we take, as we move into these other states with our franchisees that are local business owners, right? We're not the MSO that's going to be just gobbling up stores. We're going to walk into these states with local business owners and help them work on their business. Once we have a few in that state, then we move in, like right now we're moving into Colorado with cultivation and production. Uh, and so then we can usher our products right through the Unity Road stores as well. All created within the Colorado borders. Yes, correct. So each state we will be moving into separately with our cultivation and production. Yes. Gotcha. And, and following, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get, make sure I have it straight, following product that's created by item nine labs. Yes, that's correct. So we've got over 75 uh, different active cannabis strains through item nine, and we've got over 150 differentiated uh, cannabis vape products as well. So, and concentrates, we, we've got a massive selection of, of what we can do. So, 
Well, you know, one of the biggest challenges in the cannabis industry, especially when it comes to medical cannabis, has been the lack of education for doctors, which results in you know, their inability to properly advise their patients on cannabis. Do you see this as improving? I think it's improving, but slowly, right? It's very slowly, but but surely it is improving. But we're doing something much different because we have in-house education. And what we're doing is we're educating our, our franchise partners. We're educating you know local retail store workers on what our product is and what it does. Nine times out of 10, when somebody walks into a dispensary, they're going to walk up and say, give me your best product. Well, they're probably going to give you the thing that's going to get you the most high, right? Um, instead, what we want to do is we want to educate these retail uh, workers to make sure that they're giving products for different ailments and asking the right questions, right? Those questions are, what's, what are you suffering from? You know, can you not sleep? Well, I think this would be better for you. Can you, uh, you know, are you going through chemotherapies or radiations or, or any of these other types of things and you want to do X, Y, and Z? Well, this would be better for you, right? Because I think all different products are, are essentially, they, they each have their own, uh, their own mission, right? Each product well, has. And, and are you doing research on this so that you can back this up with research or are you just doing it anecdotally? So, um, you know, really what we're trying, what we're doing is um, there is quite a bit of research out there, but it's, again, it's, we're finding that out from different, uh, different companies. Um, there are a few companies right now that are actually got the okay to do a bunch of research on it. And other countries uh, have been doing research for years. And so, different strains and different uh, molecules will do different things, right? So THC, CBD, CBN, uh, you know, all those different uh, cannabinoids will do different things. And we do have research on that. And so when we do testing on our product, that testing shows exactly what amount of each different cannabinoid is in there. And so we can tell on our packaging, well, this is what it will help with, right? Help elicit. You know, Mary, what, I mean, were you, are you surprised that uh, this turned into an industry for your son? No, I'm not. Uh, no. Uh, very proud of him. Uh, he's a thinker. He's thinks outside the box. And that's really, really neat. What I still, say, now, now, now that you're cancer free, are you still using any cannabis at all or uh, CBD? Or are you still consuming? I do. Yes. You know, and for different reasons, you know, instead of a glass of wine, might have a little hit. Sure. Well, we know that there's neuroprotection involved in that. Um, that's already been proven in some ways. And so that may be helping the, maybe I have to say this that way, may be helping to keep you in remission. The way exactly. You yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to say um, my oncologist is now working in a different state and I had lunch with her not too long ago and she had said, if you were going through treatment today, I'd send you next door to the dispensary. The hospital that she works in is working hand in hand with the dispensary there. Medical cannabis. Wow, that's great. And, and, and without a doubt, and I think that, that we're going to start to see, hopefully we'll start to see that happen more and more and more as the medical industry realizes that it uh, it's something that that, you know, we already know has been proven to be, you know, advantageous, but, you know, I think when they start, you know, we have medical schools around the country that are finally starting to teach things like the endocannabinoid system and starting to understand, you know, the, at least some of the printed 
peer-reviewed study documents that are out there already. So at least it seems like we're hitting that spot where, you know, especially when you look at over the last couple of years through the pandemic, um, when almost every single state, you know, uh, that has a medical program deemed it an essential service, you know, the medical community is starting to wake up a little bit and say, well, maybe we ought to do a little bit more digging into this. But, you know, as a CEO uh, in the cannabis industry, what are some of your biggest challenges right now, Andrew? You know, fundraising is is a big piece, you know, unless you have a lot of friends that have a lot of money. Uh, it's it's kind of tough to go on the road. And, and we are a publicly traded company. INLB is our, our ticker symbol. But uh, being able to raise funds in a, in a few different ways. Um, number one, just equitable uh, is, a, is tends to be a little bit tougher, um, you know, just where we're poised and, and essentially being one of the first cannabis or the franchise companies in the U.S. And people are a little little skittish on that. Right. Um, but the second path is really getting loans. <laughs> I mean, uh, some of these loans are the lowest loan we'll see is 12% and some of them are upwards of 30, some 35%. And, you know, it's just so tough to, to continue because uh, these are all private sectors and, and these loans are, are just really prohibitive of what you can actually do with the funds. There's a lot of OIDs, you know, original issuance uh, and, and whatnot. And so there's, there's a lot of difficulties in, in both the equity realm and, and essentially getting loans as well. We do, we do have a few banks moving into the industry, and, and once the Safe Banking Act passes, I think that that's going to really take a lot of the handcuffs off of these banks, and I really tru- truly believe that that will pass this year. So that will help a lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's from your lips to God's ears, but um, you know, let's talk a little bit about what you think may be coming down the pike when it comes to this industry over the course of, let's say, the next one to two to three to five years. What do you think is happening? Yeah, I think the I think the industry is evolving pretty rapidly, and I I think you know what I see coming down the pipeline is that you know franchise is going to be a big piece of it, and keeping local people in business because as we move into other states right now, there are a lot of states that are putting tight handcuffs around MSOs and what they can do, so they can't go into the licensing in certain states, or they can only own thirty three percent of a license in a state. And so franchising allows people to get into business and stay in business. And, you know, I think that it's going to move a lot more towards that path because right now you have MSOs that are owning 33% of a license, but really they're controlling hundred percent of the revenues. It's only time before, you know, these different States start to regulate that even more where we don't own the license. Our franchisee own, owns the license. Um, so I think that that's going to move pretty quickly. I think that eventually we will start to cross state lines. Um, yeah, I, I only, I only have to ask you this question this way is, but from where do you see this? Because you've got a president of the United States who still considers cannabis a gateway drug and a vice president who arrested more people for nonviolent, uh, cannabis offenses during her tenure as a as the attorney general, um, they both lied and said that they were going to do something about cannabis in the first hundred days and did not. Uh, getting ready to go into a midterm where they're going to run away from cannabis, thinking that that's something that the other side can use against them. And then when you look at the Republican side, I mean, this is a side that literally has shown no interest in expanding access when it comes to cannabis 
you know, though they jumped immediately on hemp, but only jumped on hemp uh, in their own individual states. I mean, you know, we would not have the hemp bill uh, were it not for, you know, Senator McConnell making sure that Kentucky tried to lead the way. Um, but he has done nothing or said nothing in favor of cannabis since passing the hemp bill. So where are you, where are you, how are you coming up with this or deriving this, this process? Well, if you look at what happened with the pandemic, right, there were, there was only one state that actually shut down cannabis as a non-essential business. And they shut down for two hours, (laughs) right? right? Every other state was an essential business. Arizona, we were deemed essential business and we had been from the beginning to the end. Um, that's why, that's how I see that things are starting to lighten up and loosen up. Um, there have been, you know, several different political figures talking about, let's just get this over with. Let's just push this through. Um, there have also been talks about, uh, going from state license to state license and having that be, if you own a license in one state and you own a license in another, another state, you can then take product from that license to that license. Um, there have been conversations about these for a while. I don't think it's going to happen this year by any means or next year. Um, but I think it is coming down the pipeline here in a few years. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, again, I say from your lips to God's ears, cause I, I <laughs> hope that, uh, we can see some sort of a change now. Now, Mary, you, you have put the, you, you're helping to form this nonprofit in hopes of helping other survivors, uh, have access to efficacious medications, both chemo and cannabis. Um, uh, have you already put this out there? Is, do you have a website that people can go to, to, to find more information? We haven't yet. It's, this is just something that we're, um, Andrew in a, has just come up with and we're working on. So we will definitely let people know when we have something going. Yeah. So we, we'll be coming out very quickly here with a website in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're, it's in, you know, being built right now. Um, just wanted to jump on here and, and definitely let people know that we are, you know, we're actively pursuing this fund uh, to make sure that, you know, we are putting money, our money where our mouth is, because I came into the cannabis industry because of cancer and, and I want to make sure that I'm continuing down that path. Right. So um, we'll, you'll definitely be seeing something in, in the next week or two. And if people wanted to reach out to you, Mary, I mean, just uh, other other survivors, people who are going through it right now, is there any way that they can reach you? Are you on, you know, any of the social media platforms? Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, and what's your handle or what's your brand? Um, good question. <laughs> um, it's just Mary Bowden. Uh, reach out to me. Um, I do a lot with uh, local organization, Cancer Support Community Arizona. Um, I volunteer there. Uh, uh, if I can help one person, just know something. Uh, I've done my job. Uh, it's it's very nice to know I'm in remission, but it, it could come back. You know, you never know. Right. right. But it'd be nice to help. You know, someone. The the cost of treatment is horrendous, and mm-hmm. you know, if we can through this fund help one person get treatment that they otherwise wouldn't be able to afford. That's what that's going to be for. Absolutely. And I don't know, uh, Andrew, are you aware? Uh, I, I just have recently done several podcasts. I did one with the uh, red man where the, they've just now formed a federally sanctioned 
party, a new party that's called the National Cannabis Party. Were you aware of that? I mean, I've heard, uh, I guess, a little bit about it, but really don't know uh, quite a bit about it. So, I mean, we, they, you can go up on the website and actually see what its mission is. But just like the DNC or the RNC, this is a now federally sanctioned party, political party, and its political aims are to you know move forward initiatives when it comes to supporting candidates, especially presidential candidates, for who support cannabis. Wow, that's fantastic. That's cool. I'm excited to learn more. Oh, yeah, go up online and you can, you can definitely find out. Uh, let's chat a little bit more about um, if people wanted to find out a little bit more about uh, your company, where would they go? So we have item9labs.com, item9labscorp.com uh, for investor relations. Um, and it's the number nine. Um, and then we have unityrd.com, which which is our franchise based website. And, and you can go on there and, and you can see, you know, all we have to offer for the franchise piece. We have licensing, in-house construction, uh, all the way down to, you know, helping the, uh, all the SOPs of the business. So. Absolutely. And again, throw out the website one more time. So people know here. Unityrd.com. We've got item9labs.com and item9labscorp.com. Excellent. Well, Mary, I can't say, you know, um, I, I, I wish you the best. And, and of course, we want to make sure you stay in remission. Thank you so much for sharing and telling us about what you went through. You know, it must have been, you know, again, uh, I, I've had a child who is a two-time cancer survivor. And um, um, I know how, you know, how horrendous that can be for a family. So I'm glad the two of you pulled together and you, your families pulled together the way they have to battle against this beast. And You've done so well. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. Well, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you having us on. And I have to say that my family was my stronghold throughout. Um, excellent. 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 They were my rock. There you go. Andrew, well, you know, that says a lot, my brother. So keep doing what you're doing. And I wish you much success with your franchise model. And, um, you know, you guys always have a home here. If you ever want to come back and just talk a little bit more, especially about some of the products and things that you're offering. So let me know. Okay. Awesome. I'd love to. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Sure. Anything else you want to share before we go? I think we're good. I think I, I shared pretty much everything. So Great. Super. Well, stay well, both of you, and uh, love your families. And um, we'll see you next time. And make sure you tune into the next edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thank you.